already mentioned that there are two types of lights. There's the light of Shabbos, the Shabbos candles, and we have the candles of Hanukkah. And that the light of Shabbos, the candles of Shabbos, will affect a Jew in a very meaningful way, but only the Jew that has some susceptibility, some relationship with spirituality. A Jew that is steeped in the lowest abyss of darkness and evil, Shabbos may not affect such a Jew. The light of Hanukkah, on the other hand, has no limits. It is such a powerful and potent light that it can penetrate even the lowest annals of darkness. It will follow the Jew no matter where he is. So Abhayim Vital gives a very interesting explanation for these two types of lights. And this is the way he explains it. He says there is a light that comes into the world that lifts the world up. It takes it out of its mundane state of mind and takes it into a higher divine context. And then there is a light that doesn't change the world. It just comes into the world wherever it is. He explains, what is Shabbos? Shabbos is rest. It's a time when the world, the whole creation, returns to its divine natural source. It leaves its mundane state of mind and enters a more divine context. It's lifted up to a higher state of consciousness. Hanukkah, the light of Hanukkah, does not lift up anyone. It just goes down to wherever that, you, that neshama is. If a neshama finds itself in the lowest uh, dimensions of evil and darkness, the light of Hanukkah will find that Jew, that neshama there, and reach it there in its own place. The result of that is that the, the, the neshama that wallows in these darkest annals of evil will be touched and will be overcome with the sensation that there is something greater, something sacred, something way above the world that he or she lives in. That's called milmaila lamata. The light comes from very on high, from a very lofty place, and comes down and reaches down to the lowliest places. Shabbos is milmata lamaila. From the lifting up the world to a higher state. The light of Hanukkah does not necessarily transform the neshama. It just touches him wherever he is. You bring Hanukkah candles to a Jew in a bar or in a fraternity. They don't leave the fraternity because they're touched. They may be excited by Hanukkah candles. They see the rabbi and they start lighting candles and they sing a Hanukkah song. They're very happy. But they continue to party and they remain in the world they live in. Because it's a ha'ora milmailalamata. It's the light reaching them in their place, not demanding any change. Just to startle them and to give them a, a, a flash of awareness. Says Rabchaim Vital, this is the reason for the halacha that the light of Hanukkah candles must be lit before the light of Shabbos. On Friday, when, you, when it's Hanukkah, and you have to light two sets of candles, the Shabbos candles and the Hanukkah candles. The halacha is, first you light Hanukkah candles and then Shabbos candles. There's a simple reason for it, 
Because once you light the Shabbos candles, it's already Shabbos. You can't light the Hanukkah candles any longer. So you have no choice. You got to light Hanukkah candles first. But he says there's a deeper reason for it. The reason is because this is the order by which you affect the world. First, you bring the Hanukkah candles. The light of Hanukkah that reaches the lowest common denominator of a neshama in the darkest places of evil. And you touch him where he is there, in his own place. This will prime the Jew that when Shabbos comes around, he'll be ready for transformation, to lift him up and lift him out of that world and raise him to a higher level of, of Kedusha, of holiness. So first you need Hanukkah candles to send a signal, so to speak, to that lowly place where that Nisham is wallowing in and have him and touch him there, this will prime him that when Shabbos comes around, he'll be more uh, inclined to be lifted up by Shabbos. This is the relationship between these two sets of candles. Another interesting halacha which Reb Chaim Vital connects to this understanding is that <clears throat> there is a halacha that we're not allowed to use the light of the Hanukkah candles for our own purpose, for our own personal mundane use. It's sacred, the light of Shabbos is the opposite. The whole reason the Chachamim instituted this mitzvah is in order to give light. So a person should have a pleasant Shabbos. He shouldn't stumble. Tell us that people have lighting in their homes and they would be live a, have a happy and peaceful Shabbos. So the lights of Shabbos were meant and designed for personal use. He says, what's the difference? He says, the light of Shabbos is a light that lifts the Jew out of his mundane setting and brings him, introduces him to a world that is beyond in that world, to use the light of Shabbos for personal use is no danger. Because the Jew is in an environment that is Kulek Kodesh, it's Shabbos. So the use that the Jews uses, that light, for his, is a personal use, which is Kodesh. It's holy. But when a light goes down to a very lowly place, a place which is thoroughly dark and evil, and there it tries to wake up a Jew who's wallowing in that world. If that environment will make use of that light, there is a danger that that light will be compromised. It will be abused. It's what's called in Kabbalah, that the evil forces might latch on to that light and hijack, so to speak, take hostage some of the sparks of that light for their own personal evil agenda. So that's why when Hanukkah lights must not be touched, they must not be used for mundane purposes because the light of Hanukkah ventures into a very dangerous territory, into a place of darkness. So there the light has to remain separate, has to remain sacred and transcendent. Then the light there can be effective. It can affect the environment rather than being affected, affected by the environment. This is a great lesson for us. When we sit in a shul and daven, and we're surrounded and insulated by an environment of Kedusha, of course, there's certain things we can allow ourselves to do. 
when we when we enter a more um, vulnerable environment, an environment of darkness, and we try to influence the godly sparks that are hidden in those um, remote places, we need to take extra caution to make sure that our integrity, our spiritual integrity, the divine light that we bring with us, which we try to use to influence the environment, should remain pure and innocent as to not lose its original integrity. And that's the only way where that light can be potent and influential.